I am super excited about this morning. I mean, we've already had two testimonies in our moment of communion and our moment of giving. Chloe, that was amazing. Michael, I don't know how you mix like 15 dad jokes, crying, great scripture, all in the one message, but it was powerful. And uh, thank, thank you both for sharing. I'm really excited because uh, today we've got my nana, June. Where is she? She run off, has she? Well, plans have changed. Who wants to share their testimony? No. Let's get Jehu up here first. Jehu. Look at that. The man. Most of you won't recognize him without his headset on and his uh, here to help service manager shirt on. Jehu is one of our incredible servants here in this church, incredible influences here in this church, incredible young adult uh, in our church. And we are so proud of Jehu. We love Jehu. I know that all of, I mean, the cheer. Here's Nana. Give, let's see. I hope your testimony is about being late. (laughs) She's my nana, I can say that. (laughs) Now, I've invited Nana and Jehu to spend some time asking God what what, what he would like them to share this morning. And for Jehu, Jehu's going to share part of his life testimony, um, which I'd really encourage you to lean in. Encourage, get, get your phone out. Be prepared to take notes because you're expecting God to speak to you. And also we've got Nana over there hiding away, June Jennings. Um, she's also an incredible person in our church and an incredible prayer warrior. How long have you been coming to Eastlake? 28 years. How old are you, Jehu? 26. 26. Longer than Jehu's been alive, Nana has been in this church. So... Please lean in. I'm going to hand the mic over to Jehu. Oh, what do you want? Do I grab the mic? No, no, I'll give you this one. Okay. Um, is, can I? Yeah. Sorry, guys. We don't have a service manager. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a service manager today. It's the opposite way around. <laughs> Thank you. Um, again, I'm Jehu. A lot of you might not know me. You might know me from the FaceTime with Jehu segment that um, Pastor Josh uh, so uh, surprisingly sprang on me that one Sunday. Um, I'm usually the service manager here, so if I'm doing my job well, you won't know that I'm here. I'm telling everyone what to do. I tell Josh when to come up, when to go down, what to drink, what to eat. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, No, um, but... Um, please be forgiving if I'm not as um, well-seasoned or as um, eloquent as some of the preachers we have in this church. Um, I always start my story by saying that I'm a generational Christian. Um, and that means that I'm a product of generations of people who love the Lord. My Lola, which is the Filipino word for grandmother, was such a faithful woman of God. She never preached on us uh, about the importance of reading our Bible or praying or um, you know, doing our devotional times, but 
like clockwork every 2 p.m. on, a, on every day, she would go to her room and read her Bible and open her daily devotional um, book, which is a very old traditional um, devotional um, tool. My parents met at youth, so parents, if you want your children to marry Christians, send them to youth. <laughs> Shout out to uh, our youth here at um, Eastlake. <laughs> um, and we were brought up in the church. My brothers and I went to kids' church. Um, our bedtime stories were Bible stories of David and Goliath, of Joshua, and all these amazing Bible characters, these amazing people in, of God. Um, and, you know, my uncle, my extended family, we are all part of the church. And I'm telling you this because I want you to know that just because I grew up in a Christian home with Christian values, with surrounded by people who love the Lord, does not mean that I'm protected from the hurts of this world, does not mean that I'm protected from the temptations and the sins of this world. We were never promised a life of ease. We were promised a life of, um, of suffering, actually, that we will suffer for the word, that we will suffer for his sake. But we were promised um, a Christ, a, a Jesus, a God who understands every pain and everything we go through. You know, the Bible says, Hebrew says that we have a high priest who is Jesus, who understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So know that that is the foundation of you know, what I'm going to share today. So again, I grew up in a Christian church. I grew up in a Christian home, in a Christian family. When I was 13, um, I asked my dad if we could talk. And this was one of those serious talks. It wasn't a, um, you know, we should hang out and we should talk. Um, my dad and I are very close. He was very hands-on raising us three boys. Um, and so I asked him to talk with me. Being the father that he is, of course, he made the time and we had an honest conversation. I told him that day, and this is something that when I say it, I can't unsay it. I told him that day that I think I was gay. I, I knew what the church stood for. I know what the Bible says. And I told him. And I knew what kind of man, what kind of father he is as well. He, I recognized these feelings early on. Um, and again, I, I know my dad, and I also know who God is. So I didn't hesitate to tell him. I remember that moment so vividly. He paused, and what seemed to be an, an, an eternity of thoughts flooded my mind. And he took a deep breath in, and he said to me, I love you, and that will never change. You are my son. God loves you. And that will never change. But because I love you, and because God loves you so much, I will not let you live a life that is so far removed from his presence. Those words, they've marked me. They've marked my walk with the Lord. Um, and it was only years later that um, I learned what happened between that pause that seemed to stretch out into eternity. Um, my dad said that in his mind, he was angry. He was angry at God. Why him? Why me? And he often says, um, why me, the son of his youth? Um, and the Lord said to him, but what are you going to do with my son? See, my dad said that he 
had come, he had come to terms with the fact that, yes, I may be his son, but ultimately, I'm not his. He is a steward for my life. Ultimately, I am Christ's. I am God's. Um, and he often says that he may not have pastored a church. He may not have, you know, led ministry, but he pastored us. He said that at the end of his life, he would want us to, he wouldn't want people to say that he had pastored his family well. Um, and in that moment, he recognized that he could respond in two ways. And whichever way he responds would determine whether I walk with the Lord or I walk away from him. And that's why he responded that way. He spoke words of life over me rather than spew words of death. He loved me. Um, and I'm going to put that on hold and just give you a, a little bit of a backstory of the church we were part of in the Philippines. So our church family back in the Philippines had leaders who spoke openly about their struggle with this. Uh, one of them in particular, his name is Joel, um, has had relationships with multiple men. And he, you know, he, was, he didn't come from a Christian background, and then he was reached out, and he met the Lord. And often he would say, the Lord met with him. And... Um, and that's when he decided to give his life to Christ, to obey, to live in obedience. Um, he is now one of our most um, influential leaders in our church. He's one of the most passionate men I know. And he loves the Lord so vulnerably, so openly. Um, and my dad, of course, knew Joel's story because Joel would share it in a pulpit like this. Um, most Sundays, if not every Sunday, in our youth, in our young adults. And so what he did was he connected me with Joel. Um, and Joel was, um, he walked with me so faithfully, so tirelessly, so honestly. He rebuked me when I needed to be rebuked. He loved me when I needed to be loved. He let me vent out and cry and be angry. And then he brought me back to the foot of the cross. And then he spoke words of truth over me. He spoke Jesus' words over my life. Um, and I just want to say in that note that our leaders here, to our leaders in this church, those of you who serve so faithfully, even when at times you see nothing bear fruit, that seed you planted is there. Um, keep loving that person. Keep being that salt and that light. Um, because that's what we're called to do. You know, Mother Teresa said that often we think that in love, to be, in order to be genuine, it needs to be extraordinary. But what we really need to do is to love without getting tired. And Joel loved me tirelessly. And so um, that, that love that Joel had for me, that, that correctional transformative love, was only a reflection of God's love. And I often say that that love has affected me more than any philosophical or theological discussions I've had with him. That love is what I come back to when I think, oh, God doesn't love me. But I look at how... God used him to mentor me, to walk with me, my family, to, to walk with me through that. Um, and uh, often we forget that it's not our theology or our doctrine that would ensure that people know that we are Christ followers. Jesus actually says it's the way we love. It is by the way we love that we will know we are his followers. So I made the decision to follow, you know, this Jewish carpenter this enormous God, this unfathomable Savior, to forsake all for him. And that includes forsaking my own flesh, my own desires. You know, Matthew 16, 24 took on a whole new meaning for me 
when, when I decided to do this. You know, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, must take up their cross, and must follow me. And I have to daily and constantly and consistently make a conscious decision to obey God over my own flesh. And because that's what it means to be a Christ follower. That's what it means to be a Christian. I have experienced God's love firsthand. Anything less than that pales in comparison. I have had a foretaste of eternal pleasure. And anything less than that, I am felt I am left dissatisfied. His love has ruined me for anything less. And that's the truth. Um, and I always say that as God met with Jacob at the river of Jabbok, so he has met with me. And I am touched in such a way that I'm not going to walk away the same way. And when I say Jesus' love transforms, that it redeems, that his blood covers me, I know that firsthand because I know who I was and who I am now. And I am a new creation in him. And um, so to wrap this all up, the thing I'm always asked, I'm often asked actually is, uh, when people know my story is, so are you straight now? Are you not gay anymore? Um, and my response is always that I am a child of God. And only by God's grace am I given the capacity to obey him. He has enlarged my capacity to choose him. It's not my will because my will is weak. I am sinful. You know, my body is, my flesh is sinful. And it's hard you know, there are days that are harder than others. And then there are days that I need to, you know, just talk to my accountability partner and be honest. Or um, there are days that are just so easy. It would be so easy for me to walk away. But God has enlarged my capacity to obey him. And I know who I am. And I know who I am in him. Um, so I think, I guess... Why am I telling you this now? You know, it could have happened when the vote happened. It, why, why now? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I guess it's because I look around our church, this church that I love so much, but I don't see any Joels. I don't see someone, I don't see anyone standing in the gap for people who are going through this, for families who might not know how to respond. Before I, decide, before I said yes to when Josh and Lee asked me if I could share my story, because I've been so open with my story with the young adults, and a lot of people know me and know my story, um, I had to, I, I, asked, I asked my parents, they're sitting over there at the Filipino side, and we do have a Filipino side. Um, and um, my mom wanted us to agree as a whole family, to stand in the gap, in the gap not only for those who are experiencing this, but for those families who don't know how to respond. And that we will stand in the gap, me, my family, my parents, my brothers will stand in the gap for everyone, for anyone who's experiencing this. You know, we are here because we are the church. We are made of real people and we have real issues and we need to start talking about them. And we are only here because Someone loved us enough to share God's word. Someone loved us enough to tell us that God loves us no matter what. That, you know, you are loved, but that you, in your love, you should obey. And that's the only reason we're here. We're not here because we're good or holy or we are strong-willed. Because we are not. 
And so I want to, you know, leave by saying that we are the church and we are here to do the same for anyone who's going through that. Thank you. Why don't you reach out your hand as we pray over Jehu. Lord, I thank you for this man of God. Lord, I thank you for his courage to stand up when others would run away. Lord, I thank you for the grace that you have put over his life to speak eloquently, Lord, about issues that some of us can't find the words for, Lord. I thank you for his family, his father and his mother and their brothers, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all of their courage and their faith in you. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who loves us, that nothing could separate us from your love, God. Lord, I thank you for Jehu's example. I pray that you would bless him. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to strengthen him in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I don't know where I feel so overcome and filled with love for Jehu and love for our God who is so powerful, who can overcome anything in our lives, you know, and does still show us his love. Oh, I think that's, that's enough really, isn't it? Oh, mine is so different. I'm not going to say where I've been and what I was. was. I was going to, um, except that's what I was going to do, but except that eight weeks ago when Joshy asked me to speak today, I was lying awake at night because someone next to me was snoring. (laughs) (laughs) But it must have been a godly snore. Because um, God prompted me to get up and sort of gave me the impression he was going to sort of tell me part of what I should share today. So I got up and went into the room and, uh, and I asked him to help me. You know, where will I read? Because that's how I always get my word from God is going to the word. And he always speaks to me. So he opened, he said to me, no, I opened my Bible, that's right. And it was 2 Samuel 7, where God gave um, Nathan a word for David. And then I knew he was going to tell me something. Oh, okay. Well, let's pray first. Thank you, Father, that hearts will be open to receive what you want to say to them today. Um, so every time I've read this, I, was, I wrote it down straight away in five minutes and I haven't changed it except for a few little English sort of, you know, bad words that I thought Bronnie might uh, say that wasn't right, Mum. Um, so it's very simple, but every time I read it, I felt his presence come over me, so I know it was from him, even though it is very simple, okay? So let's just pray first. Thank you, Father, that hearts will be open to receive what you want to say to them today. And this is it. God loves you and has had his hand upon you from the day you were born. 
His hand has been on your head, meaning that he has guided and protected you even when you have strayed from him. And I know that personally speaking. He has been at your right hand and I just lost it then. Thank you. That's all right. I think I'll just pick it up here how I was practising at home and go into it again and um, hopefully I find it. Here we go. Right. Okay. You might not have been aware of this, but as you look back on your life, he will show you how he has been with you, protected you, consoled you, guided you, and most of all, loved you. Oh, my goodness. When I do think back on my life, I do realise that how much he has guided me and loved me and protected me. Okay, I didn't mean to say that. And he has a plan for each of your lives. You simply need to look to him, find it and walk in it. Through all the dark places, he has been with you, bringing people into your life to comfort you and guide you and love you. He will speak to you and tell you things that you must ponder on in your heart until they eventuate. Some of you can identify with that, I'm sure. Then you must praise him and give him all the glory when they do finally come to pass. And they will come to pass. And they'll be even greater than you had imagined. Because he is a big God. A God of comfort, a God of guidance, a God of wisdom and a God of great love. He has a plan for each of your lives and for your children and for their children's lives. Do not stop praying for the generations to come. And I think, was it Chloe or Hannah? Chloe said for a thousand generations. Um, So don't stop praying for the generations to come. Your prayers will bear fruit and will bring glory to their name, to his name. He's a God to be loved but also a God to be in awe of. Stay by his side. Be aware of his presence with you. His presence and his anointing are what you are to seek after. Desire him and he will come and fill you with his love, his joy, his power and his peace. He's a far-reaching God and one day is a thousand years to him. So be patient, wait on the Lord and he will do as he has said. Treasure what he says to you or has said Do not despise it or forget it, and he will bring it to pass. Amen. Let me share something that God um, told or said to me 47 years ago. I'm not much older than that now, am I? (laughs) It was a very clear statement about one of my daughters who was only eight years old at that time. All he said was that she was going to be used by him in a very special way. That was it. But I knew it was God speaking to me and I still remember where I was standing at that very moment. I pondered that in my heart for about 27 years until it gradually over the following years did indeed come to pass. But I believe it has not fully been fulfilled in her, though she might hate me for saying that right now. However, in the meantime, the promise has now moved to the next generation in her son and our grandson, Pastor Joshua. God is so faithful 
And I believe that that word is going to extend to the next generation and his daughter, Piper. She is going to be used by God in a very special way also. Now, I'm, of course, very proud of them, humanly speaking, but I'm even more amazed of God's power and his goodness and his faithfulness. God also gave me a promise for my son 40 years ago that he would be a man after God's own heart. That has not yet come to pass, but it will. It will. And I often remind God of his promise. It says in the Bible, no, it says in the Bible that you can remind God of his promises. I can't quote where it is, Pastor Aaron, but um, I'll look it up if you ask me later. So I'd like to say to you today, stay faithful. Stay full of faith. Look and wait for the promises of God, of God to come to fruition in your life. And they will, albeit in his timing. It may not be an audible voice in your ear, but it will be a voice in your spirit. You might read a promise in the Bible. It may be a word from someone speaking into your life whom you trust. Either way, may I encourage you to read your Bible and let God speak into your heart. Words of comfort, words of love, words of chastisement or admonishment, and words of God of guidance, or words for your future or your children's future. I wrote these words in my Bible many years ago, and Joan quoted me the other day. If you don't know the promises of God, you can't believe them. And if you don't believe them, then how can you receive them? which is sad but so true, I'll just repeat that. If you don't know the promises of God, you can't believe them. And if you don't believe them, then how can you receive them? So I might encourage you all here this morning, young or old, read the Bible every day of your life. If you miss then just pick up the next day or the next week, but pick up. And as you get to know him more personally as a friend, he will speak to you and you will hear him and you will believe him and then you will receive what he has to say to you. I'd like to finish by saying a short prayer for you all, if that's right, if you'd like to close your eyes. Dearest God, may the hearts that you wanted to speak into today be open to hear and receive what you have to say to them in the coming days, months and years. Please bless them mightily and increase their faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you.